And now for something completely different. Here's what's coming up this hour on today's experience. It's totally terrific, totally transforming, and totally triumphant Tuesday as we find unity from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit, all for the glory of God Almighty. First, don't eat the fruit from this tree. If you do, you will die, spiritually first, then physically. So don't eat the fruit. Don't do it. You can have any other fruit in the whole garden, anything. Eat up. It's all yours for the choosing. Don't focus on the no-no. Focus on the yes-yes. More definitive is do not touch, which means do not touch, period. Next, one of the many keys to engagement with God is realizing that we are not informing him of anything when we pray. He is omniscient. He knows what the prayers will be and whether they'll have a mustard seed of faith. What he wants and enjoys is the engagement, the interaction between him and his creation. So in this string of wisdom, honesty is not only the best policy— It is the only policy. And finally, Jesus, your words are too hard to live by and too hard to understand. So we're taking our ball and we're going home. These people were upset, but they were dum-dum upset. So they left and went home. King David was upset, but in an honest way. He didn't take his ball and go home. He wanted to figure out how to get past the obstacle between him and God. David Spoon's life has been an experience. While growing up in a Jewish family, he made a wrong turn towards drug abuse. Then David Spoon found Jesus Christ and his life completely changed. The more he studied the gospel, the more he wanted to share his experiences with others. After 35 years of ministry, David discovered a new path of service. He joined KAAM and this radio program began. You're about to hear the David Spoon Experience. Welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. Here's what else we're looking at during the show. Lessons for surviving. You know, that that's a good idea. Every once in a while, you just got to survive. You know, you just got to hang in there, do what you got to do. You got to survive. What's also for living. Sometimes you step up from surviving and you're doing a little bit of living, Right? And then also prevailing. So you're stepping up from surviving and living, and you're actually prevailing. We seem to go through all of those at different times and in different ways. A brief review of politics. Not so much today. I really don't want to talk about it. Entertainment and current events. Personal revelations, definitely. Spiritual observations. My life's insanity is annoying. So much more. Hey, we're asking you, what do you think? Now, you can email us, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. You can text us, 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. You can text us live during the show. You don't have to give us your name. Even if you gave us your name, we wouldn't necessarily say your name unless we wanted you to get a whole bunch of spam email. No, we don't do that. And then you can call us at 972-445-0770. That's 972-445-0770. And when you call 972-445-0770, 770. It will be Captain Chris that answers the phone, and then you will be. Sailing, takes me away to where I'm going. 
There you go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls and creatures of all ages and sizes. Again, I want to give a shout out to Roger. Remember, his birthday is on the 7th of this month. Roger, happy, happy birthday, Roger. And I'm saying this to you real quickly. Happy birthday again, Roger, again. Get it? Get it? Okay, there you go. Uh, keep in mind, any topic is open for conversation. And the reason that is, is, you know, we're open. We're, pre- we're pretty open, right? I mean, we haven't discussed a lot about flamingos, but that doesn't mean that we wouldn't have that discussion. Have you ever had a flamingo in the front of your house? I'm just curious. Did you? I've not. Oh, we did. Yeah. They didn't last very long. And, uh, to feed it? <laughs> it was plastic. <laughs> so, yeah, no. Uh, but that's why I like the Miami voice thing. Uh, yeah, leave me alone. Uh, here's the bottom line. It's not professional radio. If you haven't figured that out yet, you're in big, 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 big trouble. It's uh, just radio. It's a cross between Steve Martin, Sean Hannity, and Focus on the Family. To give you a quick update, uh, for those that do not know, I went through a knee process, not a need process. I have many of those. Uh, but I went through a knee process. And in that process, I'll get to the trivia in just a second. And through the knee process, I've had to go through different therapies and so on and so forth. On Saturday, first day of the year, I went to the gym for the first time in four months. Yes. And I did some cardio and some weights. And then I thought this 23 pounds I put on, I probably could have avoided just if I'd come undone weights. But then again, it was a great three, four month excuse to go, hey, I can eat that and don't have to worry about it. Okay. So anyhow, I'll be going to the gym two or three times a week. And uh, some days will be better than others, but just keep me in prayer so that I don't lose all of my mind and just some of it. That would be nice. What is the last prophetic book of the Old Testament? That's the trivia question. What is the last prophetic book of the Old Testament? That's kind of a sneaky question. Joanna Cordelia, not even waiting. Kirk, not even waiting. Very good catch, you guys. Last prophetic book of the Old Testament. If you think you know, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483, as well as you can send an email, david at org. I do not want anybody to think, well, Dave, you're teaching really hard today. Well, first of all, there's no such thing as that. We just teach what's there the best we can. Number two, I'm not in a bad mood or anything like that. I'm actually, I'm in a really good mood, which is kind of funny. It's just this is the material we're covering, and that's why I'm telling you that ahead of time because of this next text. And I'm going to say it in a nice way. And as we go, it gets nicer, right? But in this first one, I can't change it. There's nothing I can do. 2 Samuel chapter 6, verses 6 through 7. Now they came to Nacon's threshing floor, and Uzzah reached out to the ark of God and took hold of it, because the oxen had stumbled. Then the Lord's anger burned against Uzzah, and God struck him dead on the spot for his irreverence. And he died there next to the ark of God. Happy New Year. No. (laughs) Here's the deal. And this is something that you and I need to know. And boy, we should get this stuff right all the time in in certain contexts. God had established rules 
regarding his ark, regarding his covenant ark. And he didn't want people just touching it or manhandling it or moving it around like it was a piece of furniture. Okay? This isn't, you know, how your couch is or, you know, God forbid I should say this, your big screen TV that's, you know, you know, 65 inch, 4K, all great. But you, te- you treat that with reverence. How about the ark of God that carries the covenant of God that his presence rests upon? And you think, but the guy was just trying to, you know, he was just trying to kind of keep it so that it would be okay. Yeah, but the problem with that is that God said, do not ever touch the ark. That's the problem. <laughs> you think, well, I know, Dave, but okay, I'm going to repeat it. Now watch this. Do not ever touch the ark. Why not? If you do, you're going to find out why. (laughs) See? And so you go back to the garden. You think, no, that can't be real. And it's like, you can have anything you want. All of this stuff is yours. You know, you can eat. There's a chocolate river over there. Go eat chocolate. Go eat this. You can have all the fruit you want from everything. You can name the animals. You have a great time. Just don't eat this thing right here. See this tree? Don't touch that. Okay, why not? Because I said so. Okay, we're going to eat that. It's like, that's the problem. You see, this is the problem. Do not touch means, do not touch. That's what it means. When we say it to kids, right, the the oven is on 450 degrees, and your child is going over there. I mean, in our case, it's either grandchildren or the dogs. And it's like, get back from the oven, get back from the oven. Do you think the dog would just, you know what, forget that. I'm going to just touch the oven right here and put my whole face in it. What would happen? I think you would know what would happen. The point is, just do what the Lord says. Don't touch means don't touch. Let it go means let it go. There's some of you that are dealing with things, and and we, we talked about this, you know, when people have something against you. But some of you have things against people. Okay, I'm using the other side from what we were talking about earlier today. And you know what? Sometimes you just got to go, I'm not going to touch that anymore. Because not only is it creating bitterness, I can't do anything about it. Which is like, well, that's the first smart thing that we've said. Because we can't do anything about it without the Lord's help anyway. We need the Lord's help to do everything and anything. I like what Annika sent me where she sent me that little thing that says, you can't, not only can you not go to heaven without the Holy Spirit, you can't even go to Walmart without the Holy Spirit. (laughs) No kidding. That's true. And the idea behind this is for you and I to catch. There's some things, you know what? Let it go. Don't touch it. You know what? If it falls, it falls. That's God's problem. It's his issue. It's his ark. He'll do what he wants. And sometimes you go, okay. Yeah. All right, I got to get an answer to trivia before I get rolling, 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 and really get on this. Now, that's the toughest one you'll hear uh, of this day. It doesn't mean that it's the best one. It's just the toughest one. All right, the answer to the question, uh, what is the last prophetic book of the Old Testament? The answer is Malachi, which is the last book of the Old Testament. But it did prophesy the forthcoming of many including Elijah and the Messiah. Okay, or the spirit of Elijah and Messiah. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Take a short break, then we'll be back. Don't go anywhere. All of mankind, destroying every 
What is the David Spoon experience? I got this this morning, and uh, and it came from Alice Coleman. And I just want to say, she said it's a praise report to share. So I am assuming it's okay to share since it's a praise report to share. I kind of go with it. And I want to read it, if that's okay. And I just want you to hear how brothers and sisters petition. I mean, petition the Lord. And there's times where God says, yes. Listen to this. And she even writes it. Uh, beautifully, beautiful job by Alice, by the way. This uh, may seem like a minor issue, but it could have gotten much worse quickly. I'm, fo- I'm fostering Mama Cat and her four kittens until they're ready to go to their forever homes. On Tuesday, I got a bit too close to the Mama Cat, and she swatted my hand. I had a few scratches, so I cleaned them up and applied antibiotics. In just a few hours, I had a swollen hand, red with infection, and it spread beyond my wrist. My doctor had same-day appointments if needed. However, I didn't have my car since it was being repaired. The only thing left was for me to pray for healing for my hand. Isn't that amazing that sometimes you're in the position and the, the, the only thing left to do is call upon God? She writes, as I watched the infection spread over my hand, my hand began to throb. I knew I needed help. I asked God for healing over and over again. On Wednesday, it looked really bad, and I kept asking God for healing. Let me just commend Alice for push, pushing until something happens. About mid-morning on Wednesday, my hand quit throbbing. Then I noticed that the infection was no longer spreading. Later Wednesday, the infection seemed to be getting smaller. By Wednesday evening, it was definitely clearing up. By bedtime, the infection was gone away. Thursday morning, the infection was completely gone. I praise God for healing the infection. It was only by his intervention that my hand was healed. It's amazing that our great and holy father can care so much that he is willing to heal a hand infection of one of his children. I think that's a fantastic testimony. So mega props, mega props to Alice for doing that. Great job. And I hope that was okay that I shared it. And see, the point is you can pray. You can approach the Lord. And the Lord, you know what? He might say no. I like what Troy said. Sometimes God will say no. It's like that's the end of it. You're done. But sometimes he allows you to keep petitioning. And the reason he does is because the more you pursue him, the closer connected to him you become. And more of your genuine, real faith has to emerge. See, if you just asked and God did it every time you just asked one time, it'd be like God would be like a genie. Well, God's not a genie. He's your heavenly father, needs to be pursued, wants to have a wonderful relationship with you. And so the more you pursue, the more he gets to spend time with you, which is what he wants in the first place, what he wanted with Adam and Eve. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for the next trivia question. Now, I have been really nice about some of these trivia questions. I think I've been kind, and I'm going to really work at being kinder and gentler in 2022 compared to compared to what? Compared to dropping a rock on somebody's head or nothing? Why does this feel like a trick? Okay. Well, it might be. Uh, I'll get the horn ready. Okay. Uh, God told Abraham. This is not going to be easy. 
I'm just going to tell you right now. God told Abraham, uh, I'm sorry, God told Abram that his people would return to the promised land after how many generations? After how many generations? Ooh, if you think you know that. Now, I understand you might have to look that up. You can go in the back of your Bible under your concordance to look up generations or go look at the spot where God made that commitment to him. All good, all the time, right? If you really need some help, uh, use DuckDuckGo as opposed to Google. That's all I'm going to say to you. I'm just going to leave that there. Uh, anyway, let's see if you can come up with the answer. Very tough trivia question. I mean, I know it's tough. I really want you guys to dig deep on some of these. I'll make them easier later in the week. I'm just starting off, you know, strong, and then if I'm nice, then I can just go, I was really mean before. But anyway, uh, God told Abram that his people would return to the promised land after how many generations? I always can tell when it's hard because when they're easier, I get a whole bunch of texts right away. And when it's hard, I get none. Okay. If you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can also text in 214-210-8483. And then you can send an email, david at hemustincrease.org. True to form, however, is our willingness to do jokes. These always lighten the mood, don't they? All right. Here we go. Uh, three very simple quickies, okay? So you can either buzz them or applaud them or use any sound you want, okay? Well, almost any sound you want. A woman approached the minister after the sermon and thanked him for his discourse. I found it so helpful. That's what she said. All right. Phone's ringing, so we'll grab that. But in the meantime, just hang on there, all right? So I'll start again. A woman approached the minister after the sermon and thanked him for his discourse. I found it so helpful, she said. The minister replied, I hope it will not prove as helpful as the last sermon you heard me preach. Now listen to what he said. I want you to get the joke or you're going to miss it. A woman approached the minister after the sermon and thanked him for the discourse. I found it so helpful, she said. The minister replied, I hope it will not prove as helpful as the last sermon you heard me preach. Why? What do you mean? asked the astonished woman. Well, said the minister, the last sermon you heard me preach was three months ago. <laughs> it lasted three months. All right. This is a good one. This is kind of like not the way you want to open it. This is a good one. Sunday school teacher asked her class why Joseph and Mary uh, took Jesus with them to Jerusalem. The small child replied, they couldn't get a babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) Last but not least, somebody's going to get mad at me for this. Yeah, I don't care. This is a good year for that. Frustrated by his congregation's apathy, the pastor surprised the altar guild volunteer when he ordered that prune juice be used instead of the wine for communion. Why prune juice, she asked. The pastor smiled. If my sermons won't move them, maybe communion will. Okay. <laughs> Come on. That was pretty good. Right? Well, I liked it. That was a good one. Okay. <laughs> All right, we got somebody ready to answer the trivia question. All right. Here we go. This is David, who am I talking to? Hi, David. This is Ace. Hey, Brother Ace. How are you, my friend? Oh, Happy New Year to you. Well, you too. May you, uh, you and uh, Chris and all the families out there be blessed with 
Good health and wealth in Jesus' blood and, and righteousness. Amen, brother. Amen. All right. Now, this is a very tough question. I can always tell when it's tough when people are, like, very slow to respond. That's how I know it's kind of harder. And it's not an easy one because of the variation from within it. But God told Abram his people would return to the promised land after how many generations? Brother? Brother? Is he there? Ace? Brother? <laughs> Hold on. He might have hit his mute button. So that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that... Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> so now I'm going to wait. Sorry. That's I'm a, sorry. That's okay. I'm here. Okay. I'm... Oh, you scared I'm... me there. I thought the rapture took no. place and I missed. Uh... You really? <laughs> <laughs> All right, now let's try it again. Uh, God told Abram that his people would return to the promised land after how many generations? I only know one number that goes with generations, and it's 70. That's the only number I know. That And that is a great guess, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. In the economy of God, a generation can be 20 to 120 years, biblically. It's a big, pretty big span. And... It, Typically, the generations were were a hundred years in its totality, and then Israel mm-hmm. was in Egypt. How many years? They were in there. Oh, they were in Egypt. Uh, four hundred. That's uh, right. Four hundred twenty-five. Right, four hundred years. So, how many generations of a generation is a hundred? Of a four generations. That is correct. You got it. <laughs> that is it. That is right, and I will tell you, the only person that got it right via text is Aunt Deb. That's very. Oh, that's a. That's a very tough question. I knew it was tough. I mean, that's a. I, if somebody would have said that to me, I would have said a lot. That would have been my answer. I'd have said a lot. Yeah, really? I would have said that's close to yeah, Abram, I, right? <laughs> I've just never. I've never put four together with a generation for some reason. Yeah. Hey, listen, all you, all the guys that call in on your program. I, I love I, I love Mary. Mary is so sweet. And there's another woman that called in that's just kind of got a real meek, quiet spirit that the Lord loves. And uh, there's another lady, but uh, she's on. I've only heard her once on your program. But uh, these people are so so sweet. All of them. I mean, even the guys, you know. But they they all got such a I don't know what it is. Just they're just you know they're like set apart from the world people. You know, yep, they're, they're exactly. heavenly people. I guess you call them. That's exactly they, uh, they're right. Great people. Yeah. Yep, they're the special, special, chosen, anointed, sanctified people of God, aren't they? It's so great, isn't it? It's such a great Christian community. I love it. Amen. You know what I mean? Amen. It's just a great group of Amen. people. It's such a blessing. Yeah, sorry, sorry to mess your thing up there. Oh, that, that was, oh don't worry about it, bro. No problems. I'll just be praying that this year for you yep. is an outstanding mm-hmm. year. That's what I'm praying for you, an outstanding year, and that you get to say that all year long. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks so much for thanking them. You got it, bro. All right. God bless y'all. You too. Bye-bye. All right. We just have that group. I don't know. Just leave us alone. We're having fun. Uh, You know, I was reading today. I got to tell you, the Galatians. If you read Galatians chapter 2, Paul talks about people, spies, people that come into the church. to kind of. It's like 
what a bunch of losers. <laughs> I'm just saying, you just sit there and you think, really, you're going to a church just to try and, you know, rip things apart? And what is, It's just Satan. It's so sad. Anyhow, let's go back to this. I want to do this. Uh, this is really a good portion. All right, so the next portion. So now Uzzah died. Okay, you already heard me talk about that. So I want to go to the next thing because, because, it's important because of what transpires, this whole kind of uh, sequence that happens afterwards. It says, David was angry because the Lord's outburst against Uzzah. So he named that place Outburst Against Uzzah, as it is today. David feared the Lord that day and said, how can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? So I want you to see something that people will not acknowledge, and you should acknowledge just being a human being, being part of the creation and part of what God has established. David, in the same two verses, was angry with God, and he was afraid of God. And I I uh, get—say it nice, Dave— it gets frustrating because people don't realize, hey, you know what? You're human. <laughs> okay, so, so watch this. And that's normal. Okay? And David was like, uh, okay, first of all, he was mad. Well, that didn't work out the way I wanted. <laughs> right? Because he's trying to do this whole thing. And he's trying to do this big, you know, kind of like really excited kind of thing. And then the Lord goes, bazing. And it didn't even get to the bazing up part. The guy dies, and David's like mad. And it's like, you know what? That's called human. Remember? We do that. God doesn't do it the way we want to or when we want to or how we want to. And what do we do? We get mad. What? <laughs> and then the next verse. After it says David was angry, that's the first three words in verse 8. The next two words in verse 9, David feared. So he goes from, and it's not even that as much as the trembling, as much as the respect and the holiness and the, the, the wisdom and the insight, like I'm stepping over territory I should not step in when I'm yelling and getting angry at God. It's like, right, exactly. When you go back to Job, you find out, and I know that uh, people understand that Job had a pride problem. Yeah, that's true. But the biggest problem that Job had is he justified himself rather than God. It's not even that he didn't blame God. We do a pretty good job of trying to avoid blaming God. But what we do is justify ourselves. Well, I'm a pretty good Christian. And then we don't justify God. And that's the sin that Job really committed. Now, just listen to that. In other words, we justify us. Well, I'm good. But we don't say that about God. We try not to blame him, but we still kind of point the pinky finger at him. Well, it's still him. He's still involved. What I liked about David in this portion that you and I need to understand when we engage with God is Dave was honest. David was honest emotionally with God. He was just who he was. He was the created being, the child of God, and he brought it before the Lord. That's good, not bad. All right, you're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business, but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. 
To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us, as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at the end of the year indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper, whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can. Right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Do you think it's been, organizational leadership has been a good thing for church leaders? Well, it, oh. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it's a penetrating question. The answer is very simple. If used correctly to add value to people and serve others, it's a good thing. If used incorrectly, it's not a good thing. And, uh, you know, when people talk about everything rises and falls on leadership, I teach them often that it rises, but it also falls. And, and nothing is better than for people to have a good leader, and nothing's worse than for people to have a bad leader. And the, to me, what, what makes servant leadership work is this. Most leaders put themselves first before their people. And so it is a me uh, motivation as far as leading what's in it for me. Uh, I, I travel internationally with my uh, company, Equip, and, and uh, in fact, I'll, I'll leave Sunday for Guatemala. In fact, I'll be meeting next week with the president and the cabinet of Guatemala. And when I'm, when I'm with these leaders alone, David, alone, I mean, no, no handlers, no media, nothing, but just alone, the question I ask them, which is, I think, the true servant leadership question is, Will the people be at, better off after you've served your term as a leader than they were before you got there? Wow. And, and I think that's – and when the answer is yes, you have been a good leader, it has been a good thing. Organizational leadership, good thing. When the answer is no, bad leader, bad thing. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Here we go. Now, here's a hint for the next trivia question. I'm just going to say it this way, okay? Hint from the last trivia question. <laughs> Do you like how I did that? Hint, right? Hint, right? Hint. Okay. All right. In his confrontation with the prophets of Baal, how many large jars did Elijah use? Hint. Don't forget the last trivia question. In his confrontation with the prophets of Baal, how many large jars did Elijah use? So you can pick up on all of the uh, fun stuff. Oh, I'm going to tell you a story I do right now that nobody knows about, and you cannot tell, okay? You cannot tell. All right? 
So my I got uh, as a stocking stuffer, quote unquote. I got a little rubber ducky. Okay, it's a small little rubber ducky. It's nice. It's a little ducky. And my son made fun of it. Okay, like, pfft. and I said, well, I want you to take this and put this on your tree uh, at your house. He's like, no way, right? So we went over there. Okay. And we opened up their car door, and I put the rubber ducky inside his car door in the little thing at the bottom of the door. And he doesn't know. And he still doesn't know. It's been there for like five, six, seven, eight, nine days. And uh, so I'm just telling you, sometimes you get to do fun things. Okay? That's what I did to my son. Can you imagine if you were one of my children? You'd be like, okay, i got to get away from this guy. Anyway, so every time he calls me now, I go, rubber ducky, you're the one. You make bath time lots of fun. I don't know why I told you guys that. I thought it was funny. They don't listen, so I can do that. <laughs> Could be a tough year for them, not me. All right, so uh, what's our trivia question? The trivia question is pretty straightforward, but you have to think of the very last lesson, right? Ace, we told, remember telling Ace, how many how many uh, generations and then how many years in a generation? Like, do, do you remember how many we said years in a generation? Between 20 and 120, up to 100 years, especially back then for a generation. Uh, God uh, and his confrontation, I'm sorry, with the prophets of Baal, how many large jars did Elijah use? You guys should catch on to that. That's a good one. All right, if you think you know the answer, you can call in 972-445-0770. You can text in 214-210-8483. You can send an email, david at hemos increase.org you can uh, also by the way because we want to mention the website we want you to have a chance to go to the website because there's a major thing involved in the website that's called giving we believe in investing in the kingdom of god and sowing and reaping and we told you this year we're not going to be ashamed to ask for uh, funds i hate asking for funds but i'm going to do it anyway because it's my responsibility and uh, so invest in the kingdom of god perhaps he will bless you uh, in ways you had not imagined i can absolutely guarantee he'll do that I don't know if he'll bless you financially if you give. I hope he does, but I don't know he will. All I know is he commands us to be cheerful givers. That's what we expect from one another. So go to hemustincrease.org and give. Website, hemustincrease.org, hemustincrease.org. Email david at hemustincrease.org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Uh, keep in mind, none of you will really talk to my son in this whole process, but if you do, don't mention the duck. <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. I thought I'd just tell you what happens in our lives. <laughs> just thought you'd get a kick out. In the meantime, we have history, so let's do history. Uh, let's go Uh, today, a couple of interesting days. Today is National Spaghetti Day. Are uh, you a big spaghetti fan? I like spaghetti. Yeah. I mean, uh, Terrific T, she was a big spaghetti fan. Uh, but then other people we've had that were uh, doing the engineering were not. So it's kind of like up and down. I like spaghetti. I'm not one of those people that likes uh, spaghetti with little hot dogs chopped up in them, though. I mean, I'm not. Just, I, I think that's called blasphemy. Yeah. I, I just couldn't. I can't follow that. Uh, it's also World Braille Day. Very important, I think, for people to understand that by God's grace, he gave us an ability for people to be able to communicate that way, a language. I mean, that's just really important, people. And for people to be able to use different formats of language shows the grace and the mercy of God uh, on mankind. It's not mankind's brilliance. That's the part of the uh, eating the fruit of the tree of good and evil. That's the good part. 
The other stuff's the bad part, but that's the good part. Uh, it's pop music chart day, which means nothing to me. It probably means nothing to anybody who's over 40. <laughs> probably like, what? Who cares? Billboard magazine? That's still a magazine? No, it's not. Okay. Uh, it's trivia day. So, yeah. Answer the trivia question. I told you it was kind of a sneaky question, but it is a similar answer to the last answer, so I cannot do more than that. Today, I thought this was good. I'm doing this in honor of my wife. It's Tom Thumb Day. I only say that because my wife is the floral manager, Tom Thumb and Rowlett, okay? But Tom Thumb, he was an American dwarf. He was uh, 3.5, 3.35 feet tall. He traveled with P.T. Barnum, his marriage to Lavina Warren, who was 2.66 feet tall, made front-page news. They had 10,000 guests. Now, this is a long time ago, folks. Alonda, the wedding couple was then received by the United States President Abraham Lincoln. At the White House. That's that's impressive, isn't it? So that is pretty good. Uh, and this day also, uh, oh, that's funny. Uh, 1936 Billboard magazine published its first pop chart. I didn't even realize that and made fun of them. That's funny. And then 2004 Spirit, a NASA Mars rover landed successfully on Mars. I think that's the one that my brother-in-law helped write the program for. So rocket scientists when it comes to spirituality we'll just move on to the next subject <laughs> that's fine uh we did that we did that we did that is there anything else i gotta cover praise the lord <laughs> uh second samuel chapter six verse eight through nine i do want to say this and it's just a short follow-up to the last one so we talked a little bit about the fact that david was honest emotionally i think that's really important that he was, that he was both angry at the Lord and afraid of the Lord. So if you ever wondered if you can do that, uh, it's in the book. Of course you can do it. So it's called Being Human. But also, there was something about this that the way David approached it that I want to bring up, and I think it's important to see what he said. David was angry because of the Lord's outburst against Uzzah, so he named the place Outburst Against Uzzah as it is today. David feared the Lord that day and said... How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? One of the things that David had inside him was a desire or a passion to continually draw closer to the Lord. When he made a mistake, he would own it, or after he was done pouting about it, he would own it, and then he would then take the next step to do better. And that's what I want to talk to you guys about this applies to me, to you, to all of us, to every person who ever has a genuine passion for Jesus Christ. If any person out there has a panting for the Lord that you just want more of him in your life, this is a brilliant text to understand. David went through the process of being angry. Then he got through that process and he moved into that reverence, fear, respect position. And he sums it up by saying this. How can the ark of the Lord ever come to me? His goal was not just to say, well, I'm mad at God. Okay, well, I'm I'm not really mad now, but, you know, because I have a lot of respect for him. But gosh, golly. And then he doesn't take his ball and go home. He pursues the Lord. He's like, okay, what do I got to do to track this back the other way to have more of God? 
And this is where you know, this is when I am talking to different Christians, when I know where they're where they're kind of at in their walk. You bring up this story about Moses, and here's Moses who spent more time with God in the presence of God than anybody you know prior. Uh, I mean, direct presence of God. They had to put a veil over his face. He spent so much time so close to God, right? And he goes through this whole process, and what does Moses say when he gets to that point of them going forward, getting ready, getting ready to go in the promised land before he uh, disobeyed the Lord? He said, I want more. It's like... I am so jealous of Moses. He he had all that time with God, and he got it. It's like, yeah, it's not enough. I need more of you. And God's like, well, I can't. If I give you more, you're gonna blow up. I gotta be careful here. And so, well, I'll let you see my backside. But it's like, it's just like, listen to the spirit that's taking place here. There's a passion, and David is like, how do I? Okay, I made a mistake, and I, I didn't do this as well as I wanted to do this, and I didn't approach this the right way. I want to figure out how to get past the obstacle that's between me and God. And that, that is when you know. People who could care less, you know why they don't care less? They don't have a passion. They don't have a passion to get to know the Lord. That's just a fact. You can't, you're not going to change that. It's not gonna, you're not going to alter that. You can't force somebody to have a passion. But if you're one of those people that wants more of God in your life, you really do. I don't care what stage you're in. Don't tell me. I mean, Moses didn't have some of his stuff happen until he was past 80. He didn't even get his calling from the Lord until he was 80. He died at 120, so it was the last third of his life that he did real ministry. And this is towards the end of his life, so now as he's winding down his life, he's like, you know. Figure out what obstacle is between you and God. And I'll answer the trivia question in a second. Figure out what obstacle is between you and God and ask God to help you get rid of it, to get around it. Okay? All right. Now, for those that did not catch all of my many hints, the question is confrontation with the prophets of Baal. How many large jars did Elijah use? Four! The last question was four. This was four. Four! What's the answer, Dave? Four! I see five lights. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. You may be from a Baptist background, a Pentecostal background, a non-denominational background. David Spoon has that too. You may be from the Church of Christ, Presbyterian, Methodist, Church of God, or some other denomination. But if you're looking for a show that's Bible-based, spirit-led, and a bit nutty, then give David a listen for a while. If you like it, great. If not, no worries. The David Spoon Experience. On God Country, Texas, 770-K-A-A-M. Every once in a while when I do the uh, radio hosting, I have this wonderful opportunity to talk to people that influence the church, that are a blessing to the church. Today is no different. I am honored and blessed, by the way, to have the opportunity to talk with Pastor Robert Morris. He is the founding and lead pastor of Gateway Church. He's a best-selling author. He's written some excellent material, but he has a new book out, which has the greatest title ever next to the Bible. The, the new book is called Take the Day Off. Please. That's all I ask for. The book is entitled Take the Day Off, Receiving God's Gift of Rest. Pastor Marshall, you're there with us. 
I am, David, and it is so good to talk with you today. I do want to let you know before we get going uh, that I was actually introduced to you by somebody at your church about a year ago. I was at a place called Inogen, and uh, somebody named Robert, who went to your church, he gave me your book, uh, you know, Beyond Blessed, and I had not uh, actually had the chance to engage on any of your material yet. I read that. It was a really timely book, which was really cool. Oh, and th- then I was able to go and get your book on the Holy Spirit, which I thought was one of the best pneumatology well, books that I've read in eight in a long time. So just so that <laughs> you know, you. I really appreciate thank that. Thank you. I, I've, uh, I actually I came from a Baptist background, and um, and so I've actually had, I have some friends that are uh, Dallas Theological Seminary. I have some friends that are Church of Christ, and I have some friends that, you know, just come from all sorts of different backgrounds that are not quote unquote Pentecostal charismatic. And again, that's not my background either. I went to Crystal right there in Dallas and to East Texas Baptist College before that. But anyway, I've had so many guys tell me that they really appreciated um, that book on the Holy Spirit. Um, and they may not even agree with everything in it, but they appreciated the sensitivity and the way I handled the, yeah, the it, person of the Holy Spirit. You know, you so. did, it was a great job. I mean, I was born and raised Jewish. I became a Christian. I'm oh, a, I have that. a Baptist and a Pentecostal ordination. Pentecostal. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm a Baptist. I'm a Calminian, and I'm a manifold <laughs> millennialist. So <laughs> anytime you <laughs> want to sit great. there and talk about diversity, I'm there for you. The David Spoon Experience. Welcome back to the David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Get ready for this Bible trivia question given to you by our very own Captain Chris. How many books in the Old Testament and how many books in the New Testament for a total of how many books in the Bible? How many books in the Old Testament? How many books in the New Testament for a total of how many books in the Bible? Okay? And I'm telling you right now, I abandoned my last question because it was even harder than the prior one. So I thought, that's a bad idea. (laughs) Uh, If you think you know, see, somebody's calling already. Uh, If you think you know, see how many in the Old Testament, how many in the New Testament, for a total of how many? Of course, you just really need to add them up. Uh, if you still want to text it, you can. 214-210-8483. You, can, you can't call in because somebody's already holding on for the call. But if you can get it in there fast, you can. You can also send an email. David, he must increase.org. I'm going to take that call in a split second. I do want you to know tomorrow and the rest of this week, we've got some really uh, just some great material coming. And we are going to be teaching on we've already got first peter we're going to be teaching on first john we're going to be teaching on the pastoral epistles we're going to be teaching on genesis we're going to be teaching on esther we're going to be teaching on a couple other uh a couple other books uh first corinthians we're going to teach on that that's going to be major and i just want you to be aware that should be kind of prepared a lot more stuff a lot more bible and also the ddds as every day that i read and Come across something in Scripture. DDDs are simply my direct application to Scripture that day. Okay? That's what those are. Or prior days. All right. We ready for this person? Here we go. This is David. Who am I talking to? Uh, this is Gary. Hi, Gary. How are you? 
How are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. You know, I I, I was really happy that I worked out uh, on that one day, but it, it did take me two or three days to recover on the leg. And so I'm just, I just, I'm going to do it again today, but then be aware I might be hobbling. So you go to the YMCA or? No, no, I go to, I go to, there's, we have a Planet Fitness, so we've spent the money, but the reason I go there is they have the massage chair. And so I, I crawl to the massage chair. (laughs) Uh, <laughs> I need it. It needs me, and I need it. Or it's a, a symbiotic relationship. <laughs> does this cold weather affect your knees? Uh, no, not thus far. It it really hasn't. Uh, but I'm gonna. You know, I haven't had the issue long enough to be able to differentiate yet. And so it'll be interesting because right now it's still filled with fluid. There's still like blood in there and stuff like that. And so well, I'll does, pray for you. I'll continue uh, to pray for you. I appreciate that. I really need that. All right. Here you go. Total amount of Old Testament books and the New Testament books for a total amount of the Bible books. Yeah, it's uh, 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New Testament for a total of 66 books. That is correct, sir! In the Protestant Bible. That's in the Protestant Bible. That's exactly correct. That's excellent job, though. A lot of people are aware there's 66, but they don't know the breakdown. That's why that's important. Excellent job on your on your behalf that you did that, and yet you encouraged and taught other people in that process. People should know that. You don't have to know everything all the time, but that's a basic by an outline by which we need to operate with. Good job, Gary. Okay, thank you. All right. And I will pray for you. I appreciate it, my brother. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you. All right. See? That's good. Chris came up with a good one. I know I've probably asked something like that similar before, but it's always good. We need to stay on top of it because, you know, what? one of the things I love the most about Scripture, how many times did Jesus teach on faith? A lot. <laughs> you want to know why? Because we're terrible at it. That's why. Okay. I just thought I'd point that out to everybody. That's right. Okay. Uh, here we go. Now, this is the last little bit on this same section. So, to this one section, kind of split it up into a bunch of little sections. Do we cover everything? We do pretty much got everything done. All right. This is the aftermath. So, we talked about Second Samuel six. We talked about you know Uzziah being struck by the Lord. Don't touch. Don't touch. Right. Don't don't touch that. And and if the Lord tells you don't touch and let it go and just let the Lord take care of it, do that. That's number one. Number two, David was both angry and feared the Lord. It's okay to be emotionally human before the Lord. Okay, that's all right. That's good. He's your creator. Number three, David's real attitude about that was how can I figure out how to do this better and get closer to the Lord? Great attitude, great disposition. And uh, and here's the last little thing I want to say about this because remember, the ark of the Lord represents the presence of the Lord. And the ark of the Lord in 2 Samuel 6.11 says, the ark of the Lord remained in his house three months, and the Lord blessed Obed-Edom and his whole family. The ark ended up at Obed-Edom's home. But you can't say that 15 times in, in Yiddish fast and backwards. So it ends up there, right? And what does the scripture say? You don't, it's not even that, it's not even, it's not even brilliant in the sense that you have to extrapolate anything. The ark of the Lord remained in his house three months, and the Lord blessed his house and family. Like, okay, what do you get from that? Well, the ark of the Lord is where the presence of the Lord is. And the less, and the Lord blessed the family of Obed-Edom because the ark of the Lord was there. And why he blessed them is because where the ark of the Lord is, 
that's where the Lord is. And so he was blessed because God was there. And the bottom line to that teaching, so that you and I can really get it, is where the Lord is, where his presence is, that brings blessing. Have you ever noticed that sometimes you'll go to church, and uh, there'll be times, it doesn't happen all the time, but there'll be times where there'll be like worship and so on and so forth, and you know that there's something dynamic taking place. I'm not talking about just your feelings. You can just tell that there is something going on and that the presence of the Lord there, and you are blessed. You just for like even a split second, no, you know, nothing really matters. All this other stuff's just stupid. That's when the presence of the Lord is coming through and going, yeah. And you're like going, yeah, this is about eternity, huh, Lord? I keep thinking it's 80 years or 90 years or 100 years, 120 years. How dumb am I? And you know in the presence of the Lord. And where the Lord is, he's blessed. There was one preacher that said, now this, just so you can know, this preacher had a big church. Well, what's a big church? 550 affiliated churches with the same name and 13, 14,000, somewhere in there, 13, 14,000 members at his church alone. And you know what he said? He said, if I come into my church and I'm preaching and the Lord is not there, or if we're doing worship and the Lord is not there, and the Lord is down the street, he said, I'm going down the street. You want to know why? Everybody's like going, no way, no way. He goes, no, he goes, I want to be where God is. Like, wow. Don't you want to be a Christian too? I mean, you hear that and you go, wow, I am so far away, I need help. <laughs> because he gets it. It's like, hey, that's what we want. And where the Lord is, his presence is, and where his presence is, man, it just seems like the entire universe just goes, eh, stop. All this weirdo stuff, forget it. Who cares? It's that it's that referral, it's that ref, referral back where you go in a hundred years. Who cares? You won't care. It will mean nothing. But God's presence, where everything makes sense. That's why in Psalm seventy-three, where where uh, the psalmist writes, where he starts writing, and he says, you know, uh, I was uh, frustrated with this. I was mad about this. These people get away with this. I was upset about this until I went into the house of the Lord and realized their end. It's in the house of the Lord you realize, yeah, those people they're gonna spend eternity apart from God, and that's gonna be bad. Period. People are like, it's going to be this, it's going to be this. I don't know. All I know is Jesus for sure compared eternity to the cesspool. I got that. <laughs> it's like, that doesn't seem good. What will hell exactly be like? One person described hell, listen to this, is lusting but never able to fulfill the lust for all eternity. Oh, man. That's worse. <laughs> that's terrible. We don't know if that's accurate. What we do know is this, in his presence is the fullness of joy. And where he is, we want to be. And if that means you need to spend more time separated from the world and spending time with the Lord via his word, via prayer, via fellowship, via serving, via giving, via whatever that part, via uh, being involved in ministry and being that conduit that blesses people, then by golly, do that. Because that, that eternal reassurance of his presence is just nothing but blessing. 
I still think, I do today, I, I've done it a couple of times, I still think, it's only happened a few times in my life, my, my, probably my most favorite Christian moment was when I was pastoring that church on Flagstaff and shut the doors, locked the doors, put five CD tapes in, turned them on full blast, came before the altar, and not I didn't pay attention to anything anywhere at all. I just cared about me and the Lord. And it was marvelous. And I cried and I laughed and all of it. And I was thinking, this is what I want. This is all I want. And you think, well, come on, Dave. I was like, no, no, no. In those moments where you are actually in the presence of the Lord, none of the other stuff matters. That's the thing. And I'm not, it's not, oh, it's mystical. No, that's pretty much what hanging out with God is all about. That's why we need to not allow the things that we see and not allow the things that we encounter rob us of our faith, take away from our hope, take away from what we're believing. You just got to push those things to the side, put them in their proper priority, very low when it comes to you and God. But that, that's it. That's, that's good news. That's just how I look at that. That's good news. That's the way to live a life. I cannot live my life any other way, nor should you, right? Nor should you. More of him this year. Always a good thing, right? All right. All right, folks. Well, you've been listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas, taking a 22-and-a-half-hour break. Then we'll come back. More insanity with spoonanity. Talk to you then. Views and opinions expressed in the preceding program are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors.